0: Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. On these select episodes of the show, we'll extract our favorite moments from previous episodes of the International Business Podcast. You can find the links to the guests in the show notes. Enjoy. You mentioned supply chain, so let's focus on this topic for a little bit. Supply chain traceability allows to track products from sources to consumers. Is this important, Andy?
1: Yes, I think it is important for a lot of fronts. Uh, many uh, many companies are increasingly looking at uh, ESG as an important uh, criteria for evaluating the provenance of the materials they're obtaining. So um, ESG is uh, environmental, social, and, and governance, and effectively is referring to the uh, you know how the product is manufactured, uh, what is the impact on the environment, uh, what are the what's the type of uh, manufacturing methods used and how does this uh, comply with industry norms? And I think there's been a particular change uh, in the market uh, this last year. And a lot of folks are looking forward to having more elements of traceability in their supply chain. And I think there's a lot of uh, of positive reasons for, for this development, but certainly one of them is uh, the fact that the market is increasingly looking at how products are manufactured and where is the best, uh, the best route to Uh, to get them manufactured in a a low carbon uh, manner and so increasingly we're seeing demand for uh, low carbon product where one can actually look upstream and say okay how is the polysilicon manufactured was it using coal or was it using hydro facilities and there are a number of polysilicon facilities in China using hydro particularly in Yunnan province and Sichuan province and I think over time we're going to see a increasingly high demand for polysilicon that comes from Uh, those regions, and that will be uh, something I think the market will shift to. Uh, There are certain countries such as France and South Korea that have actually had a tariff in the past with a a heightened uh, payout for those who manufacture a low-carbon product.
2: So it's quite a, yes, it's quite a dynamic industry. It's broad. It's broad.
0: Dynamic and very broad.
2: And very varied, right? Yeah, as you know yourself. (laughs)
0: And talking about something dynamic, I mean, international travel is basically stopped. Mm. And how has COVID-19 impacted the industry if people cannot travel? So what is happening to international education if it's not really international anymore or, or definitely less international? And I would like to know, what about those schools and organizations that are still maybe thriving or, you know, they're still going on with their business. What are they doing differently to sell through the storm? What are they doing differently compared to their competitors that are grounded?
2: So this is also a a complex question because it depends on the country, right? Um, For example, we've seen, you know, as you know, I work at the Pie, the Pie News. For those who don't know, it's a media company. Recruitment, also events that we do, and we specialize in international ed. And some of the things we've been covering are, of course, countries and how they've been impacted by all of this, and and sort of how they're dealing with their international students, if they're even getting international students right now. Um, so one country that's really uh, been hard hit is Australia because they're um, their borders remain closed, so this is a big issue for Australia. Um, but other other countries are faring a little bit better because their border, you know, the travel bans there are a little bit looser, so they can actually still accept international students. Um, so each country has a different story to tell in this whole thing, and the ones that are thriving, I think, ones that of course are maybe getting the virus a bit uh, more under control or handling it better, so there's more trust but also the ones that have been able to adapt quickly and create programs that are hybrid programs. So programs that are online and also potentially offline. So if the students do wanna have face-to-face, there is that possibility, but they've also been able to switch to online um, quickly using all these different online education platforms. So this is what's going on. It's it's are sort of the ones that are thriving are the ones that have adapted quickly um, also, I guess, like I was saying before, this industry is so vast, right? So when we say in just international education, it's comprised of universities, colleges, community colleges, language school providers, and the ones that are maybe struggling a bit more are those sort of boutique language school providers that might not have big capital behind them and, and, and can't, you know, are, are, are having more difficulty weathering the storm, um, which is a real shame because, as you know, that's what makes this industry so unique is having all these smaller players as well as the bigger ones so you might you know you're seeing especially in the english language english language teaching world or even language schools and i'm sure in other parts of the world not just english language you know we're teaching language all over the world these sort of smaller boutique schools are, are suffering um but maybe the bigger The bigger chains, the ones that have a bit more money behind them are going to be able to fare this a bit better. So that's a bit truly a sad thing for me coming from where I come from, which was the independent language school world. Um, So that's where I feel COVID has really hit hard as well.
0: Are plastics the real enemy, Stefano, and is paper the, I don't know, I would say the white knight? Is paper the only answer?
3: No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, So, you know, I've been working with paper and paper industry and paper converting for my entire life, and uh, uh, my family did the same for the last six generations. So so even if uh, we always worked in paper, I know that... First of all, paper is not the answer, the unique answer. But most important, plastics uh, are not the evil. Okay, that's, that's the problem right now. The problem with, with the environment is choosing the right product for the right application. The, product to, uh, the problem we have right now, we are experiencing right now with plastic, is not the use of plastic. The problem is the abuse of plastic. We are using plastics in so many applications because it are, it's so easy to use. It's so affordable and, and so easy to find, you know, everywhere in the world that it's used. Is, so, plastics is overused, is abused, I would say. Okay? The problem is using that efficiently only when anything else can be used only when the use of that plastic material is required it's needed and uh, defining and setting up the right infrastructure for recovering sorting and recycling plastics Uh, paper is the answer for some application where right now it's used plastics, but but the plastics are not are not the only answer. So it could be replaced with paper. And this in in these applications we can offer a reliable, efficient, and effective solution just with paper.
0: This is very interesting. It's uh, I like the fact I never thought about it. The the fact that it's not the plastic per se, but it's the how much plastics is actually used. It's uh, overused, as you said, or abused, I like that. It's, a, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, plastics Plastics are fantastic. I mean, you have always to think to
3: plastic as a multiple. So it's not just one, the plastic is not one. Exist countless variation of plastics. And this is one of the biggest problem of, of their use. For instance, polypropylene and polyethylene cannot be recycled together, okay? So, and this is just an example. So, you have to reference to plastic always as plastics, as more than one, with different nature, different characteristics, and different end of life.
0: You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show for now. Cheers.